we don't even realize how much our body or subconscious mind holds on to stuff that you may not even realize you've been holding on to. So for me, it's like letting go is such an important practice, but then letting go of letting go. This is the Alchemized Life podcast, and I am your host, Ava Johanna transformational mentor, speaker, teacher, and most importantly, a woman on a mission to bring wellness to the world. This podcast was created to bridge the gap for anyone craving more love, health, and happiness in each and every day. And with every episode, you will receive practical guidance to create magic in your own life. Combining the expertise of wellness visionaries and thought leaders, each week we will bring it back to basics and provide you with the tools meant to empower you to thrive emotionally, physically, and spiritually. So together, let's ditch the mean girl, you can't sit with us vibes, grab your favorite yoga pants, and start to find your uniquely alchemized life. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. Happy May. Holy shit, I cannot believe that I'm saying happy May. This is odd. I feel like it should still be January. However, I am really grateful that it is May because this month we are releasing some of my favorite and the top downloaded episodes of all time. The podcast turns two in June and I just wanted to recognize how incredible this community is, both the guests as well as everyone that listens to this podcast. And it's grown so much, especially over the past six to nine months. And there are so many gems of episodes that are super old that I really wanted to bring back up to the surface for those of you that have recently joined the community. And these are some of my favorite people on the entire planet and conversations that just really rocked my world in so many different ways across a ton of different topics. So you guys are really going to enjoy this month. And I'm just really excited to be re-releasing these episodes, supporting these guests through this time. Um, So the episodes themselves are old, but these intros are new. And today on the podcast, we have Mickey Ash, who is a dear friend of mine who I miss very, very much. She's been in South Africa for a while and was traveling over the past year. I think she's just getting back into LA. So once all of this shelter at home is over, I'm definitely going to be making a trip back up to LA to give her a big squeeze. But she's always been such a huge expander for me in so many different ways through teaching yoga, meditation, how creative she is and how she expresses herself through photography and art. And recently in the release of her app called The How, and this is I'm so, I'm just like so blown away that she created this app. There's yoga classes on there. There's meditations. There's journaling prompts. It really is like the ultimate wellness app. She released it earlier this year in January. And so we're going to link that in the show notes for those of you that um, have not checked out the how yet, as well as all of Mickey's information. You guys have probably heard of Mickey Ash though. She's pretty much a legend and I'm very grateful to have her on the podcast and have her in my life. So without further ado, we'll jump into the episode. And if anything resonates from this week's episode, you guys know I love to hear from you. So make sure to tag the podcast at The Alchemized Life, tag Mickey at Mickey Ash. And everything that we talk about in today's episode is going to be linked in the show notes, including all of the details for the Academy of 
Breath, my six-week online meditation and breathwork certification program. So if you haven't checked that out yet, go ahead and check it out. And then I hope that you guys enjoy this week's episode with Miss Mickey Ash. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Alchemized Life podcast. Today, I am sitting with Mickey Ash, who is a yoga teacher, yoga nidra teacher, meditation teacher, photographer, and just all around <laughs> creative genius, I would say. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you here. And, you know, I've been following you for so long. And it was so funny when I first went to one of your community meditations. I was like, oh no, I don't think I've ever talked to Mickey before besides like commenting on her photos. But then I realized I interviewed you for my blog like yes. a year prior to that. Um, so I've been infatuated with you for a while. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so take us back to the beginning of your yoga and medita- meditation journey. How did you find the practice and what prompted you to enroll in a teacher training? It was a very sloppy and accidental entrance into the yoga and wellness world. Growing up, I was not athletic by any means, was like so uncoordinated, just terrible at any like sports or physical activity and just did like art in the corner basically. <laughs> and so I would say when I was living in New York, I was 18 and I was living with my best friend and she had already been living there and she was just like a very social girl and she like knew all the club owners and promoters and so we would just go out clubbing and like drinking and just like reckless you know like so so far from where I am now but her mom actually was the one who kind of like looked at us and was like, what are you girls doing? Like, you are destroying your bodies. You're hungover five days a week. Like, this is not productive. This is not healthy. Like, you need to take care of yourselves. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, how? What are you talking about? And she was like, go to a yoga class. And so I remember, gosh, at St. Mark's, it was like a yoga to the people class, donation class. We went and I was so bad. I was so out of my comfort zone in every which way, like had no idea how to breathe, had no idea like how to move my body. I was sweating profusely, just like in agonizing pain, probably like releasing so many toxins and just like in child's pose, not sure if I was crying or sweating. Like (laughs) it was so painful. And that was kind of like my first like real taste of it and flash forward a little bit, fast forward a little bit. I went back home, what I thought would be like my summer vacation. And my dad kind of like broke the news to me that he's like, I'm not going to pay for you to go to school in New York anymore. You know, and I was devastated. I was like, wow, I'm such a loser. Like I have to move back home in my parents' house. I'm not going to school. All my friends are. Like I just got out of this like super toxic relationship. I was heartbroken and I was just like a mess. Like I hated myself. I hated my life. Like I had no purpose or where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do. I was just like lost in every sense of the word. And I don't know, something just like came to me. I was like, go to yoga. And so I found a donation studio because I like had no money. And I was like, okay, I can pay a couple dollars a class. And I just found this one teacher and it was still so hard for me. Like it's 
you know, I couldn't touch my toes. I was so far from flexible or strong at all. And I felt so bad because I would like sneak in like two or three dollars and just try to like pretend like it was more and just like rush out of class. And then one day I told the teacher, I was like, you know, I really like this. I feel really good doing this, but I just can't afford to pay like $15 a class. I want to come like every day. And he was like, I don't care. You don't have to pay. Just come. Like he could really tell that I needed this. And so I started practicing regularly. His name was Dan Ward. He's an amazing teacher in Santa Monica. And is he still teaching? I think he's still teaching at Power Yoga too. Yeah. And basically I remember like one day leaving class and just feeling like I was floating. And I was just so happy for no reason. And I was I was like, what is this? You know, like, why am I like sticking my arms out and up and like doing all these cartwheels <laughs> or whatever movements? And like, how do I feel so good? Like, what is the link? And so I started asking him all these questions and he was like, well, why don't you just do a teacher training? And my response was, what is a teacher training? I had no idea that was even a possibility. And so he directed me towards where he did his, which was at the Yoga Collective um, with Tamal Dodge, who now owns Yoga Salt in Marina Del Rey. And I just signed up for the next one. And I started working at the studio at the front desk. Mm-hmm. I did a trade with them. I painted murals in the studio and did art for them in exchange for the teacher training. And... This was, I started it before when I was still 18 and I, I finished it right after I turned 19 mm-hmm. and I worked in LA for a little bit, a studio and, you know, I was such a, a very beginner teacher. And when I moved to Costa Rica, that's when I like really started teaching twice a day, every day. And like, I found my teacher voice and I started practicing very regularly. There were some amazing teachers there and... Yeah. So I guess that's how I started teaching yoga. It was just like, it found me and saved me. And I just followed my curiosity. That's awesome. I think that it's so powerful when I hear these stories of how people found yoga and really it is like how yoga found them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that you went into it kind of just being like, I have no experience whatsoever. Because I think that that stops a lot of people. Yeah. And they're like, they make up these excuses. Like I'm not flexible or with meditation, my head is too busy. And so, um, you know, for anyone listening, if you haven't tried any of these healing modalities really, you know, there's no barrier to entry. Just begin. Yeah. Just start. Yeah. So what prompted you to move to Costa Rica? A lot of things. The studio I was working at, it, they were moving. And so they told me that they were going to close. And I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. I need something else. And so I literally just bought a one-way ticket to Costa Rica mm-hmm. and was like, I'm going to figure it out. Like I'm going to work there and teach there. And I just needed something different. Mm, and the jungle is in so the jungle. nice too. Yeah. What part of Costa Rica? I lived in Playa Hermosa and I lived in Malpais, in the southern Nicoya Peninsula. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I love Costa Rica. Yeah. So going back to your teacher training, you know, I think for me at least, it was such an experience that like ripped my heart open in like the best possible way and like forever tra- uh, changed me. Mm-hmm. What were the initial lessons that you learned from your first training? You know, not to discredit anything that I learned, but I feel like it was very entry level. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that it was my teacher training that was transformational. 
It was more just like when I lived in Costa Rica and started teaching because mm-hmm. I didn't really get much experience teaching in the training. So I kind of was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. But then when I started practicing and teaching so many times, um, I, that's when I started to like feel like more embodied in the practice. Mm, yeah, I think it, I mean, it's kind of crazy because it's during my 200 hour training, we didn't really teach that much yeah. either. And so and people are just like churning out 200 I hour know, teachers. It's crazy. Yeah. So I have done more than one because yeah. I felt like I needed more depth and more information about the philosophy and anatomy. And that's always been really intriguing for me. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely like continued my studies and then just did this yoga nidra training, which also I feel like that's been the most actually revealing as far as any yoga training mm-hmm. and the meditation, you know, one giant mind yeah. as well is like, okay, the physical stuff and the yoga practice is one thing. And like the asana is great. And for a while, I mean, that was my entryway into meditation, which for me is by far more more impactful, more important, more transformational, more everything. Yeah. Like the yoga poses are just like the tiniest little blip of like the full spectrum. For sure. Yeah. It's crazy how far down a path you can go in this journey of yoga. And I agree. Asana is really just like the entry point. And my Mm -hmm. view is that like people are going to start looking for that next step. And I really think that that's meditation. Yeah, Um, definitely. And then for me, breath work as well. So Yeah, I'm excited about pranayama. And it's very like um, revealing. Yeah, and challenging. Challenging? Puts puts you through some shit. (laughs) You have to like really just like face yourself and be there and just do it anyways. And like... The only way out is through. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's times when I've been like so excited to go to a breathwork workshop and then five minutes in, I'm like, why am I here? Yeah. I don't want to do the work. And then I do it and I'm like, yeah. But then I feel like I'm like receiving messages and like, am I channeling something? Maybe. (laughs) Oh yeah. Constantly. So why do you think outside of learning how to teach, becoming a teacher is a really transformational journey? Well, I think the moment you start teaching something, you really uh, can see how much you know about it Mm -hmm. because you have to share it in a way that um, people can actually absorb it. It's one thing for you to like understand something, but then when you have to relay the message in a way that's impactful, I think that's like a very cool thing about teaching is it just shows you how much you know and it shows you your strength and it shows you your weaknesses. I mean, for me, like my, my, one of my biggest obstacles in this life has been learning how to communicate mm-hmm. and actually speak and say things out loud and using my voice. And so teaching obviously forces you to do that, to speak in front of people. And for me now, it's like I can teach to anyone anywhere. I don't care if it's one person or like a hundred people, you know, if it's a one-on-one or like I have to have a mic to teach. So it's really taught me how to feel comfortable in myself and be able to talk to anybody and also to take these kind of like abstract concepts because like when you're talking about breath work, it's very energetic. It's very subtle. And like, you know, these concepts of the mind and like, you know. Yeah, it's a little esoteric. It's very esoteric. And 
what I think is important, well, to me at least, is being able to take all of these concepts that can maybe be a little like woo-woo or whatever and streamline them so that anybody can listen to it so that I can teach my grandma or I can teach like the mailman or whoever, like whatever background and just make it really available. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's how we're going to get more people practicing yoga, more people meditating, more people, you know, trying, I guess, the other limbs of yoga Mm -hmm. and just more mindfulness practices is by making it available and making it accessible. Yeah. Um, I think when... I think it's really cool to find teachers that are very into the philosophy and the spiritual side of things. But when they're, I guess, so up in their third or crown chakra (laughs) (laughs) that they don't come down, it's really hard to connect with them. Yeah. I mean, we still have to remember like, okay, we're in these human bodies. We're living in these societies that have been set up for centuries. Like there's, it's not necessary to like, break the system. It's like, okay, this is a system. How can I work within it to make it better? And how can I like access these people in a way that doesn't feel like they have to change their whole lifestyle Mm -hmm. to like uh, start to live these practices? Yeah, for sure. I think that that's super powerful. So throughout all of your social channels, and if you guys don't follow Mickey already. She is so incredible online. And I loved your um, all of your guided meditations too and the videos that you create. So, you know, a lot of the work that you do do is around meditation and you're an amazing meditation teacher. Um, when did you start meditating? I started meditating like three years ago. Prior to that, I had had very like deep experiences with meditation, but I was terrified of it. Mm -hmm. Like I've gone through a lot of really traumatic things and been in some very fucked up, pardon my language, relationships. (laughs) And I just like, I was scared, honestly, to sit and be still and like I didn't know what I was going to find in my mind. I'm like, there's demons in there that I just didn't feel equipped to face. And so I was dating this guy and it was like the end of our relationship. And like, he ended up being an alcoholic and I was living with him and it was a really dark time in my life. Like I was young and like, I was just in over my head. And I had taught a class at this yoga festival in Santa Monica. And it was like one of the biggest classes I'd ever taught. It was like the first time I had to use a mic to teach. And I decided to sing in Shavasana Mm -hmm. and I sang hallelujah. And for me, that was also like, you know, overcoming this massive fear and just like sharing something I love. And someone in the um, class had heard me. And afterwards, he just kind of came up to me and we connected. And so we started talking and like that day actually was kind of like the turning point for me in ending my relationship because he was like supposed to be there. And instead he had been like passed out drunk and like it was just a mess. So anyways, I ended up breaking up with him and then running into that guy who complimented me. His name is Josh Blau, also yoga teacher, Ozzy, like amazing guy. And he was like, you know, he could tell that I was hurting and just like not 
like my best self. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you meditate? And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> like that's not for me. And at this point I'd been doing yoga for like five years, mm-hmm. but I was like, eh, I just I don't do that. And he was like, well, you should. Like it's amazing. And I feel like it would really help you through this healing process because you're hurting and you don't have to be. And I was like, ah, oh, but my darkness, like I needed it. It's who I am. <laughs> and... I'm an artist. Yeah, I'm a tortured soul. (laughs) It's how I relate to people. That's what I thought, you know, like I needed that um, pain and suffering to be relatable. Not true, by the way. And so he was like, just download this app. It's free. It's going to teach you how to meditate. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like I need something because like I can't live like this anymore. And I'm like trapped in my own mind and I'm recreating the same storyline for myself of all this pain and trauma. And like, I can't do it anymore. So I downloaded the app and usually I would be like, I'm never going to stick with this. I'm not even going to try it in the first place. But then I realized I was saying that to myself. I'm like, I'm creating this limitation. Like, stop it, Mickey. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Commit to yourself. Do this for you. And so I downloaded the app. I did the 12 days and then I did the 30 days and it, and it totally changed my life. Like I felt like I broke free of so many limiting beliefs and like, it just was, I I started to love myself and I started to like want to love myself and want to take care of myself and put myself first. So yeah, that's how I found it. That's amazing. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, I wish that I was in that class to hear you saying (laughs) I almost got goosebumps when you told me that. And I think that it's, so I guess inspirational in a way that you started to kind of unpack all of the demons inside of you Mm -hmm. and had that first like instance of awareness when you were like, wow, I'm creating this story in my head. Because a lot of us lack that awareness and, you know, we're both in the One Giant Mind or you recently Mm -hmm. graduated, but awareness is really really the basis of how we're able to balance, you know, demands and our capabilities and our resources. And with meditation, it's, that's how it starts. Yeah, definitely. Um, (laughs) So was the app, the One Giant Mind app? Yeah, it was One Giant Mind and I just started using it every day. And then like all these other things, you know, started to be revealed to me. Like I learned about the law of attraction and Abraham Hicks and started listening to those meditations and realizing like, wow, I have been playing the victim card my whole life. Mm -hmm. And like, I have been giving up all my power to all these people and then like blaming them for why I'm feeling so small. And now I realize that I actually have the power and ability to create whatever it is I want in my life. And since then, it's just been like better and better every day. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So what were the first steps that you took? Because I know that I've talked to a lot of people um, that are following me or that are soon to be listening to this podcast. So we're talking to you guys that are a little fearful of meditation or... Mm -hmm are a little fearful of like what is inside of them and, you know, allowing themselves to see their shadow side. So outside of meditation, what were those first steps that you took to really, you know, heal the pain that you felt inside of you? 
Well, you know, like I'll be honest, like I'm still healing stuff. It comes up, you know, it's deeply embedded. We kind of like absorb pain and trauma from society, from our family, things we don't even realize sometimes are so like deep within us that we feel like it's a part of us, but it's not. How do I start? I mean, so before I started doing meditation or anything like that, I would do what's called a rage page. And I grew up with this stepmom who for, she was in my life for 20 years and she hated me. She did not want me to be a part of the family. And so growing up in that dynamic was very challenging. And I, like I said, I've always had to work on my expression. I never was able to like express how much pain and hurt I was in. And so the only thing I knew how to do was these rage pages. And I would literally just like write down everything. I would scribble. I would draw like whatever, like skulls and flames or like whatever, like X's. Like I would either use pen or I would paint and just like one thing on top of the other and just get it all out of me until there was nothing left. And I would either like rip it up or burn it. I actually still have some of them, which are so funny to look back on. So that was one way that was like very helpful for me to like release some things without needing anyone else Mm -hmm. to kind of guide me through it. Now I would say like if you are starting to meditate and like there's fear, it's totally normal. Like we all go through stuff. Like even the most perfect people, like that doesn't really exist. Um, Everyone has their own thing. And I think it's less about trying to identify where it's coming from or analyze whatever is coming up and more just allowing yourself to be willing to let it go. It's just about the willingness. I think that's like the biggest thing is like we think that we have to like know all the steps or have everything figured out, but we have to really like let go and trust that things are working out on our behalf and just have the willingness to change or the willingness to release. So whenever something comes up, you can do like there's visualizations. Like sometimes I'll picture like myself holding like a bunch of balloons and like each balloon represents something that's like maybe a painful memory or like a limiting belief or just something, you know, negative, a conversation that's like still in the back of your mind. Like, and just each of these balloons represents something and you can like picture yourself like holding it and gripping it. You can even physically do it until your knuckles turn white. Take a really big breath in And then just hold it, like let all that pressure build. And then as you exhale, you just release, release the hand, let all the balloons just like float away from you. And it's really simple. Like it's as simple as that. We tend to complicate things, but keep it simple. Yeah, I love that so much. I love Rage Page. So great. (laughs) I've done that a couple times and it really feels good. And you know, you don't have to, I mean, I'm sure your skulls and everything that you were drawing was like gorgeous because (laughs) you were so talented, but like you don't have to be creative to just let it all out. And just like scribble it out. Like, I feel like it's also like as you're writing, you're releasing it from your body too. And it's like no longer with you. And I love pairing that with the balloon visualization. (laughs) I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's helpful. We don't even realize how much our body or subconscious mind holds on to stuff that you may not even realize you've been holding on to. So for me, it's like letting go is such an important practice, but then letting go of letting go. Yeah. So I think that's a great point because for me, there's a lot of things that I feel like 
I almost, not so much anymore. I'm definitely better at pushing myself now, but there's been a lot of times that I felt like I've almost been kind of sabotage, like Mm self-sabotaging myself. And I'm like, okay, I know that there's something deep, deep down inside of me that I don't know about that's really like preventing all of this. So when you were kind of unpacking everything, was were you getting visions of like what those things were and were you able to release it or was it more just like emotions that have been stored up in your body? You know, honestly, like this year has been the most transformational year and last year as well, as far as like facing my demons and really being honest with myself. And it took having like a really solid foundation of meditation. Like, thank goodness I have my meditation practice because like I've had different experiences. Like I've had limiting beliefs that have been like revealed to me in a sound bath in Yoga Nidra. Like all of a sudden I'm just like, wow, I have spent my entire life believing that I don't belong. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a thought that comes up. It's kind of like like when all of a sudden you just know something. Mm-hmm. Like when you know you know something. Mm-hmm. That's what I I think like the most recent one is what I can I can speak most clearly about. I was in a sound bath during the Yoga Nidra training. And the first half of it was like very guttural and tribal and like intense. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I have spent my whole life thinking I don't belong. And then the next part of it was like airy, fairy, like twinkly angel sounds. And I was like, okay, but it's okay that I have that, have had that belief because now I'm realizing it and I don't have to keep believing that and I can let it go. Yeah, that's Um, powerful. So one of the things that you mentioned a little bit back was about, you know, like nobody's life is perfect, mm-hmm. even though we think that. And you spoke about this on your Instagram stories a couple of days ago, and it was really, really powerful. And I think that it impacted a lot of people. So can you speak to a little bit of that kind of conversation you started about, you know, yeah. social media and yeah. our purpose? Definitely. Social media is so crazy because like, it has become so consuming for so many people and a place where it's, um, you know, I get great inspiration and it's definitely expanded what's possible in my life. And like, I've been able to do things I never thought I could because I see someone else doing it. I'm like, oh, I can do that. But it's also a place that we compare a lot. And from that place of comparison stems lack and scarcity Mm -hmm. and belief of not being good enough or worthy. And there's like a lot of dark side to it. And so for me, you know, social media has been, has turned into part of my career. um, And it's very easy to fall into a place of like defining your worth based on other people's perception of you or how much they're engaging in a photo or how many likes you're getting or is my account growing? Why are people unfollowing me? Like, do they not like me? Am I not good enough? Like all these things, you know? And I know that like, if I'm experiencing it and I'm someone who's like very dedicated to my well-being practice and like people who aren't as rooted and grounded, it must be so much more painful. And, you know, people have actually you know, reached out to me and shared that experience. And so I had a conversation in Tulum with this guy. And he said to me, he's like, I live my life for satisfaction. I surf, I play my guitar and I don't do it for anyone else. Just the fact that I'm doing it gives me so much pleasure and makes me so in love with my life. 
but most people do things for recognition. What do you do? And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Am I living my life for recognition from other people or am I doing it just to do it? And that really sparked something in me. And I realized like, man, I think I'm still seeking this validation from other people and stopping myself from just enjoying things just to enjoy them. And since then, I feel like this weight has been lifted and I've taken this pressure off of myself and I've kind of realized like everyone's so worried about what they're doing, honestly, like but they're probably not even thinking about what I'm doing. Like they'll see my post and for a moment they'll be wondering, but then they go back to thinking about what they're doing. So I don't need, even need to worry about, you know, do I post this picture or this picture? It's like, post whatever picture you want. What, what feels best to you? Mm-hmm. And how can you like honor yourself more instead of like trying to shape yourself into this picture perfect, you know, image of what you think someone else thinks your life should look like. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think you said you are the center of your own universe. Oh yeah, just like everyone else. Yeah, (laughs) And it's so true. Like I'm the center of my own universe. You know, I'm here to live my life and express it in my unique way in this world. But just you are too. Like you're here in your body with your desires and preferences and likes and dislikes so that you can have your unique experience here and learn your lessons and share them through your lens, just like you, whoever is listening, you know? Absolutely. All right, you guys, I need to share a tool that has been very, very helpful for me over the past few months. So if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know that mental health and mental hygiene are very important to me. They are pillars of my life. And one of the things that I hope you guys all take away from listening to this podcast as well. And I know that often it comes with a lot of privilege for me to recommend this, but that's why I'm so excited to introduce you to BetterHelp. So I've been talking to a therapist over the past year using BetterHelp, and it has been so influential for me in navigating difficult emotions when they arise, especially when collectively we are experiencing so much anxiety, so much panic, so much fear, and so much uncertainty. It's been so helpful for me to have someone to talk to when I just need that extra support. And The reason why I love BetterHelp so much is because it is way more affordable than going and seeing a traditional therapist in person, and they also do financial aid. They really are a platform built on supporting individuals in living a happier life today. And the amazing thing about BetterHelp is that they match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. And so I think that that is so great if you are experiencing some sort of intense emotion. Know that you can go to BetterHelp right now, sign up, and start talking to someone in less than a day. Incredible, right? So they are really committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. And one of the things that I love about finding a therapist is that you can kind of date around a little bit. And that's what I've done with BetterHelp because it's free to change counselors if needed. Like I said, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So if this is something that you've wanted to do for a while, but haven't necessarily been able to afford it, I highly suggest checking out BetterHelp. 
I'm really excited because BetterHelp and I have worked together over the past year and all of my listeners will get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash alchemized. That's betterhelp.com forward slash alchemized for 10% off. There's over 800,000 people on the platform. So you know that they're doing something right. Again, go to betterhelp.com forward slash alchemized for 10% off your first month. And before we jump back into the episode, let's talk about another really crucial part of your mental hygiene, sleep. You guys know I've been sleeping like a damn baby ever since I got attitude sheets. And I didn't really think that I had bad sleep hygiene until I experienced what good sleep hygiene is. And what I mean by that is sleeping through the night, not sweating at night, not getting frustrated and kicking the sheets off of me at night. It really is a game changer when your sheets are comfortable, breathable, and super soft. Plus, you guys know skin is really important to me, and Attitude uses clean bamboo, which is hypoallergenic and antimicrobial. I also really love the design of my sheets. They are really thin gray and white pinstripes, so it feels very Parisian almost, and I feel like our bedroom is elevated because of these sheets. So if you haven't already tried Attitude, if your bed is not as soft as my bed, take a moment, go to their website, check out all of the different sheet sets as they have. Again, I like the pinstripes and try Attitude because like I said, these sheets are so comfortable, they're breathable, and they're good for the environment. They actually recycle 98% of the water that they use with their fabrication process. So every sheet set saves 3,031 gallons of water compared to traditional cotton sheets. So why not try Attitude? Come on, you guys. (laughs) These amazing sheets have a 30-day risk-free trial. And if you're not fully satisfied, you can return your sheets for a full refund. And they even cover shipping on returns. They're soft as silk, breathable as linen, and at the price of cotton. I'll take it. You're going to love them. And when you support our sponsors like Attitude, you support this show. Right now, you guys will get 20% off of their sheet set and free shipping. All you have to do is visit attitude.com and enter the code alchemized at checkout for 20% off your entire order. The only way to get the 20% off of your sheet set and the free shipping is to visit attitude.com. That's E-T-T itude.com and enter alchemized at checkout for 20% off your entire order. Was Costa Rica when you first got the travel bug? Jumping around a little bit. No, after high school, I moved to Paris. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I had an internship with a clothing company. I wanted to be a fashion designer. Um, I moved there by myself. I was uh, had just turned 18. Wow. And um, how was that? It was scary and yeah. it was hard. I didn't speak French. I didn't know anybody. And I just like took a leap. So I lived there. But I've been fortunate to have been traveling with my family growing up. You know, we've gone all over the place. Um, So yeah, Paris. And then I lived in New York and then Costa Rica. And I just, any chance I get, I'm like, let's just go travel the world. Yeah, absolutely. So we recently came back from Tulum and Arizona. And now you're going to Jamaica tomorrow, which is so fun. So how do you stay grounded while traveling? 
meditating. Yeah. Honestly, like, and I love to meditate on planes because mm-hmm. you're like in the air. For me, I just feel very expansive and free. And to have your body being moved while you're not moving it is a cool experience too while meditating. Yeah, 100% because it's like when you're going all over the place, it's hard to find that stability. I, I definitely like miss my routines and my coffee in the morning. But meditation, 100%, is the the key. Yeah, for sure. Do you journal as well? I used to be super consistent. And now I'm trying to be more consistent because I feel like it is super powerful. So no. And yes. And maybe. Same. (laughs) Same. Yeah. So for those that don't meditate or are just getting into their meditation practice— and your students, what do you think mm-hmm. stops most people from meditating? Um, their own belief that they can't. Mm. And just for whatever reason, they have some kind of like preconceived idea that meditation has to be like this super, like you have to have an altar and you have to, you know, levitate and whatever. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Working on it. Um, <laughs> But for me, like, well, at least in the one giant mind technique and kind of how I'm trying to live my life is on the premise of effortlessness Mm. and ease, because I think that we've been conditioned by society to think that we have to constantly be doing something in order to be productive, in order to be successful, in order to be recognized, in order to have value in our lives. But I feel like it's the complete opposite and we need to move away from all this doing and just allow ourselves to be and to be okay being still and to be to learn to be comfortable in silence. There's so much stimulation at all times from everywhere and we're always processing and analyzing and it has we've forgotten how to just be still. Not to say that every meditation is like this calm oasis. Like some of my meditations are like late night talk show hosts where it's like constant commentary. And I'm like, how am I thinking about this thing that happened in the fifth grade or like whatever? Yeah. <laughs> um, like where did that even come from? So forgetting about any kind of expectations of what one thinks meditation should be like. I did little air quotes with the should um, and just allowing the experience to be whatever it is and remembering to just be effortless. Yes. So I love the one giant mind technique because of that too. And Mm -hmm. uh, Kaylee and I actually talked about it in her episode, which was the very first episode. So (laughs) you guys are going to hear a lot about one giant mind, but it's because I think we all truly believe in it. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, And one of the things that I really liked about the app, besides it being 100% free and always going to be 100% free, is that Johnny has, Johnny, the creator of One Giant Mind has like the different frequently asked questions at the end Mm -hmm. that really help to elaborate on the meditation experience regardless of like kind of what happened to you Mm -hmm. and one of the ones that really stuck out to me that I just thought of while you were explaining that was the uh, talk show host thing (laughs) and how you were saying you know I have like a a thought from the fifth grade will come up and I think that he puts it really nicely of saying you know it's okay for those thoughts to come up because it's your body releasing the stress Mm -hmm. attached to it. Unstressing. Yeah, and unstressing. And, you know, kind of going back to when we have these different experiences of unfolding things of our past, you know, that experience from the fifth grade, you're releasing it now. Yeah, exactly. So it's really cool to kind of have that insight with 
meditation to know like it's okay if you're thinking a lot it just means that you're releasing some stuff yeah and it circles back to what I said earlier about like our body storing things like all other um animals because we're we're still animals like you'll see like when dogs get into like an altercation or something they'll just like shake their bodies and then they're fine they wag their tail they're happy they physically let it go but we're like no I'm gonna hold on to this grudge for 17 years until it manifests into a tumor and then I need to get rid of it (laughs) but like we need to just like practice this release this effortlessness this letting go and like it can all be so easy and enjoyable if we can release some of our rigidity. Mm, yeah, and allow. And and be allow, willing. yes. Yeah, I love that. We um, forget. Remember. Deers too. And like, I, I don't know where I heard this. Maybe you said it. Ducks? But no, deers. Okay. If a deer gets hit by a car, like yeah. on a highway, they will like get, if they're alive still, yes. they'll get up and like shake con- uncontrollingly and yeah. then run off. Yeah. So it's just, we could take a couple of notes from the other animals on this planet, I think. exactly. (laughs) So It's fun to shake it out a little. Yeah, yeah. I loved during Revitalize, um, we did a meditation with Biet Simkin, who is definitely going to be coming on this podcast. Yeah, badass. She is so cool. But we did that anger meditation. And then we did the like happiness one where we were just shaking and breathing. And we were like pounding Oh, like on the ground, like screaming, making like yeah. growling noises. And then we were like, ha, 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 shaking, like imagining rainbows flying out of our oh fingertips. Gosh. It was so wonderful. <laughs> what an experience. It was wonderful. What a release. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, because I just think meditation is so powerful and you're like the perfect person to talk to you about <laughs> this. So obviously those things came up for you when you were first starting to meditate, you know, I have a lot of thoughts. Like I don't Mm -hmm. want to deal with my demons. So how did you get past those hurdles? Was it just consistency? Dedication to something bigger than myself Mm -hmm. because, well, for me, when I started, I, I was, I was living in Topanga, which is like kind of far removed, like in the mountains here in LA. And I had to wake up super early to beat the traffic, to go to work. And so I was like, I don't have time to meditate. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make the time. I'm literally just going to set my alarm 15 minutes earlier. And so I did just that. I kept headphones right next to my bed before I could talk myself out of it. I woke up, peed, wake, pee, meditate, woke up, went to the bathroom and then sat my ass down, put those headphones in and just did it Mm -hmm. without like creating any excuses, without starting my day so that nothing else could distract me from doing it. And that's how I created the habit. Um, And that became so much greater than anything that was coming up for me. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's so powerful once we get into a daily practice. Yeah, And I think that it's important for people to know too, like don't, get angry at yourself if the first time you decide to meditate, you don't go back to it the next day right away. Like for me, yeah, for me, I didn't, I started meditating. We had a Zen master come to our teacher training and he is phenomenal. He has a Zen center out in New Mexico. His name's Henry and he's this (laughs) British man and just like, he was so cool and I loved it. And I was infatuated with his technique and I did it for like three days. Mm-hmm. And then I lost track. Yeah. And happens. I, yeah. And um, it wasn't until, actually until I found one giant mind that I started actually getting on track and did like yeah. the 12-day yeah. meditation and then the 30-day challenge. Yeah. I found that the way it's set up makes it really accessible. You don't have to like think too much about it, which is nice. 
and it's really meant like for everybody. Yeah. Um, so I love it because before that I'd had like, you know, here and there I would meditate and like I felt good. But honestly, and it might sound intimidating if you don't, but practi- practicing every day is like I look forward to it. It's mm, not some same. chore. It's like, oh, I feel free and expansive. And yes, I'm ready to like do all the things now. Yeah, absolutely. So do you meditate um, every morning and then every night or just in the morning? Um, no, I meditate twice a day. I meditate in the morning. I've been trying to do this thing now where I like start my day a little bit and then meditate, mm. which is harder because I have to like kind of break out of my like workflow to sit down and do it. But it also allows me to experience the difference between doing and being. Mm. And then kind of like keep that being in the rest of the day. And then I meditate usually around four o'clock in the afternoon. So what's your go-to routine then in the morning? Wake up, um, walk Bodhi, and then make my coffee. And usually, like, I don't recommend people to meditate after they drink coffee. But, like, for some reason, I just can. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I always make my coffee and I take one sip and then I put it down and, and start meditating. Meditate. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I meditate. Um, and then, like, I have all these other little practices. Like, I have a gratitude journal. And if I don't write in it, I definitely take time to, like, express gratitude. Even, like, on my walk. Um, it's really important to me because it just takes me out of that lack and scarcity mindset into one of like extreme abundance. Yeah. And then some kind of movement, mm. workout, uh, yoga. Yeah. And then emails and photo editing and all that stuff. So how do you stay inspired to create on a, like a daily basis? You know, it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm so inspired by like everything. Like I love photography. I love creating moments and capturing them. I love just like... I love expressing whether it's like what I'm wearing or like creating like stories on Instagram. Like I have always been an artist and I just like, I need to for my well being. So I just like, and I think gratitude makes me feel inspired by life itself. Mm. It's really the simple things that are like so important and make me so happy. Just like to be outside and like the sunshine and like the different like colors on the plants and the flowers and like Bodhi and you know just like all these little things yeah yeah I think one of the things that I um I really liked at Revitalize was Ron Guerin's talk, the astronaut, um, when he was saying, you know, like people are so infatuated with the idea of going to space because so little people have gone to space mm-hmm. and experienced it. But what if only 160 people had ever seen a flower before? Yeah. Can we look at flowers in that way with like that kind of excitement? Excitement. Yeah. So um, I love that. What do you think? So for, because I know that there's so many people that are like, I'm not creative. Yeah. What do you, do you have any tips for people to maybe just like tap into their creativity and take it a little bit lighter? Well, one, like start saying I am creative Mm. because we're all creative. We're creating every moment of every day, whether you are aware of it or not. Literally just say like, I am creative. I love creatively expressing myself. Write it down, put a little sticky note on your mirror, like remind yourself. And then I think just like have fun with it. Get rid of this idea that art or kind of any kind of creative expression has to look a certain way because you're creating it. It's going to look however you want it to look like. And it's perfect in it, in the fact that you're creating it. So like for me doing art, like I would get stuck on like, 
oh, I can't start this painting because it's not perfect. But like, who defines perfection anyway? Mm, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> um, so just like get a pen and a paper and, or I think paints are more fun, like watercolors or any kind of paint and just like start moving without any expectation of what it should look like and just let it be whatever it is. And it just takes practice undoing um, any kind of idea like that you can't do it. Um, and just letting yourself be a little bit more free. Mm, yeah. And you can create like, you can be creative in what you're wearing. You can be creative in how you plate your food or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I need some tips on that. In every way. <laughs> <laughs> I think something that came to me while you were sharing that was also, at least for me, that's been really powerful if I am trying to create, not immediately going to like Pinterest or social media to see mm, if there's yeah to compare or like see if my vision has already been brought to life and then try and replicate that yeah because I feel like that kind of stifles creativity in a way it can I mean sometimes I do go to those places to look for inspiration if I'm feeling stuck but yeah that comparison man it really it, it takes away from like our ability to believe that what we're doing is valuable yeah, I think and worthy and worthy yeah I had a guest on the other day his name's Paul Fishman he is absolutely amazing he's a total hoot he was down in San Diego he said um come Kardashian which I love because in the social media realm I mean like the Kardashians obviously yeah so big but like yeah. I feel like that's kind of like where comparison started because they've been on social media for so long. And I just think it's such a silly term. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so what are you currently working on in your personal practice then, whether it's on the mat or just, you know, internally in the mind? Mm, a couple things. Um, one, yeah. I have spent so much of my life um, giving, 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 and feeling as though I have to give my entire self away to be valuable or to make a difference and not um, being open to receive. In fact, receiving has previously made me incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Even receiving a compliment and then receiving love, like, oh my gosh. So that's something I'm really working on, um, being open to receive. Mm -hmm. And then trusting that um, I don't have to know all the answers or have every step planned for me to be living a fulfilling life and successful life. Trusting in myself and in the fact that whatever knowledge and experiences I have gone through do have value and can um, help people just through example if I can just, you know, share it and get out of my own way and allow myself to be vulnerable and just express. Mm. So receiving, trusting, and expressing. Mm. I, think. I love that. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Yeah. So speaking of experiences, like I said, we just got back from Tulum for Soulcation and I had such a good time with you. And I'm having such a good time with Bodhi right now, <laughs> giving him belly scratches. So um, but you're also going to Bali. I am. And hosting a retreat there. I'm so let's so talk about excited. that. I want to hear all about it. Yes, Bali is something that I've been, a place I've been wanting to go for so long. I've never been. <laughs> and it just like goes to show you that like when you're in line with what you want and when you're doing these practices that just align you and you take care of yourself and you find joy in these tiny moments, like it sounds kind of cheesy, but the universe does respond and does reward you and give you like 
your visions come true. Like I've been, I manifested this retreat and I'm so excited because I'm doing it with one of my best girlfriends, Jamie. She's selectively spiritual on Instagram and she's a life coach. And we did our yoga nidra training together and she teaches yoga too. And she's just amazing. And so this retreat is going to be October 10th to the 16th. And it's going to be in Ubud. And we're going to be offering like a variety of things. Yoga, yes. Meditation, uh, yoga nidra. Also like different courses on overcoming limiting beliefs. We'll do like journal exercises. We'll also like hike into the mountains and play with monkeys. And we're going to be blessed by holy water and relax and adventure and just connect with each other and ourselves. It's amazing. I'm excited. You're going to love Abood and Bali in general. So you're going to be out there for more than six days though. I know you're buying a one-way ticket, I'm assuming. (laughs) I'll be out there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So fun. (laughs) So what prompted you to do the retreat in Bali without, you know, having been there before? Um, like I said, I've always been drawn to it and like the opportunity basically handed handed itself to me on a silver platter and it was like so perfect, so easy and just like felt really good. The girl putting it together was just like super accommodating and everything was just like in flow. And it feels good to be in this place after like doing so many years of like work, all that shadow work, all that looking at myself honestly, all that letting go of all the crap. And now I'm like, ah, ah, this is what it feels like to reap the rewards of all these things that I've been working towards. And yes, I I couldn't say no. It was just like too perfect and wonderful. Absolutely. I don't blame you. So where is the retreat going to be hosted at? It's at Blue Karma, okay, which I think it's like a hotel resort kind of retreat center there. Okay. It's super beautiful, like nestled in the jungle, infinity pool. Cool. It looks stunning. Yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. That's amazing. So is there information on your website or will there be? There will be information on my, yes. Okay. Well, the well, by the time this by the time this yeah, comes yeah. out, yeah, there's, there's information on my website, um, mickeyash.com, under the retreat section, and yeah, you can sign up now, get your early bird price Woo-hoo! while you still can. And Bali is my favorite place on earth. If um, one of my girlfriends from Soulcation, actually Mackenzie, is listening, I'm gonna talk to you specifically right now because she <laughs> gave me Mac. go Mac, squeaky Mac. <laughs> she gave me such a hard time because I was like, I had just gotten back from Bali, and um, we were now in Tulum, and now. All, all I do is talk about Tulum now. Yeah. So retreats with Mickey are pretty spectacular. Bobby's, it's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. I love retreats because like everyone shows up like super stressed out and like, oh my God, I need to do meetings and schedule calls and they're all frazzled. And then like just the transformation just in those six days by the end of it, like people are relaxed. People are feeling good about themselves. They're inspired. They're ready to go back into the world with this new sense of self and of life. And it's just like, I love being the, um, the cultivator of that. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm taking responsibility for it, but like, I love holding space for people to just like let go. A conduit for sure. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thanks. So, what is, I'm going to do a couple of rapid fire questions. What is your okay. favorite wellness product right now? Product? Yeah. 
We can break it down by like nutrition slash in the kitchen. I really like all these moon juice like dusts that I've gotten. Honestly, like I don't know if they work, but like I love (laughs) sprinkling a little brain dust into my coffee. It makes me feel good. (laughs) I love the sex dust. I'm into it. It's great. Little spirit dust. Like I love all that stuff. It's wonderful. I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. And you can order it all online too, but it's also fun to go to the store. Yeah, Rose. I think there's another one too. Sure. I um I also really like beekeepers naturals. I'm very into bees and their sacredness, and they have like this propolis spray. It's really good for your immune system. And they have these CBD infused honey sticks mm. that are pretty the divine. Hemp, the hemp ones. Is that what it is? From they're called Be Chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So it says it's Be Chill, and it says hemp, and I was like, but it says chill, so it has yeah, to be like CBD. Chill. Yeah. Um, I love Beekeepers Naturals. Um, Carly's actually going to be coming on the podcast oh, in a perfect. couple of weeks, so I'm really excited nice, to um, nice. talk to her too. Uh, okay, what about in the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Or like a wellness hack that you use in your day? Sure. I mean. Um, I honestly don't do very much like like beauty stuff at all, um, but I do love using a little rose quartz face roller mm. like at night. It's super nice. Like I feel like I'm giving myself a little spa treatment. Yeah, I love my. Uh, I have a jade roller. Nice. Do you put it in the fridge? No, but I should. You should put it in the fridge. Okay, good. It's to really know. nice. Pro yeah. tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what about favorite book? Uh, okay, I'm reading The Heart of Tantra right now. And like, this is like, we need another podcast for this. But <laughs> Is Kaylee reading that too? She's reading another one. Okay. It's kind of funny. Same We're woman though, right? Different. Oh, okay. We're just on the same wavelength. Yeah. But anyways, The Heart of Tantra is just like blowing my mind and changing my entire perception of what intimacy looks like. And it's just so much more expansive and conscious than it ever has been. And mm. I'm really excited. Mm. That's awesome. But okay, a couple of books that like I definitely recommend Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. It's an absolutely incredible insight on not past lives, but the space where souls actually live mm. between lives. And it's so fascinating. Um, I said I'm obsessed with bees. I just finished reading The Shamanic Way of the Bee, which was also super fascinating. Mm. Um, there's so much sacredness there. And then... Yeah, I'll give you those three for now. Love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So if you could go back and whisper something to 18-year-old Mickey that was struggling, Mm -hmm. or maybe I guess it would be 19-year-old Mickey, what would you say? Gosh, I really was like, I just loved my darkness. You know what I mean? And I think I would tell myself to put myself first a little bit more Mm -hmm. and to value who I am. Yeah, I was very easily like manipulated into thinking that I wasn't valuable. I let myself, you know, be manipulated, but just to put myself first and to love myself. That's powerful. Yeah. So, and then on the other hand, if you, if there's one message you really want everyone to receive from your classes and your teaching and your social media and just everything in your work, what would that message be? Mm, I think just, to remember how 
powerful and expansive we truly are and to move away from all these limitations that we set for ourselves like the belief that we can't do something because we haven't or like just any of it like we have the ability to overcome so much whether it's physical emotional trauma like and just remembering um our ability our abilities, you know, to be expansive and to be creative and that we actually can live these lives that we imagine for ourselves. That's what I want people to remember is Mm -hmm. that they have the power to create it for themselves and it can be joyful and fun. Yes. Life is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. <laughs> so where can we find you? What else can we look forward to this year, next year with Mickey Ash? Well, I hope a lot of things. Um, I'm kind of using the next couple of months to play and travel and explore a little bit. Um, and then next year I'll be offering more retreats and coming out with some products, which I'm super excited about, oh. more guided meditations. Um, Are they digital project products? It'll be digital products, but also like things Physical. that you can hold yeah. and use in your life. Awesome. I'm not going to reveal too much now. Uh, stay tuned for more. Podcast episode number two. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just trying to like live my best life, you know? <laughs> and I feel like you are. <laughs> so what is your website? What's your social handle for those that don't follow you? My website is mickeyash.com, which is M-I-K-I-A-S-H. You can find my blog through there, which is lovemickeyash.com. Um, Instagram, at mickeyash. I have some guided meditations on YouTube. Um, I would love for you to check them out and let me know what you think. And yeah, Facebook and Twitter if you really want, but I never really do anything there. But it's there if you want to be supportive. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Mickey. I'm so happy we got to have this conversation. (laughs) Said I'm obsessed with bees. I just finished reading The Shamanic Way of the Bee, which was also super fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so much sacredness there. And then... Yeah, I'll give you those three for now. Love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So... If you could go back and whisper something to 18-year-old Mickey that was struggling, Mm. or maybe I guess it would be 19-year-old Mickey, what would you say? Gosh, I really was like, I just loved my darkness. You know what I mean? And I think I would tell myself to put myself first a little bit more Mm. and to value who I am. Um, Yeah. I was very easily like manipulated into thinking that I wasn't valuable. I let myself, you know, be manipulated, but just to put myself first and to love myself. That's powerful. Yeah. So, and then on the other hand, if you, if there's one message you really want everyone to receive from your classes and your teaching and your social media and just everything in your work, what would that message be? I think just to remember how powerful and expansive we truly are and to move away from all these limitations that we set for ourselves, like the belief that we can't do something because we haven't or like just 
any of it. Like we have the ability to overcome so much, whether it's physical, emotional, trauma, like, and just remembering um, our ability our abilities, you know, to be expansive and to be creative and that we actually can live these lives that we imagine for ourselves. That's what I want people to remember is Mm -hmm. that they have the power to create it for themselves and it can be joyful and fun. Yes. Life is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. (laughs) So where can we find you? What else can we look forward to this year, next year with Mickey Ash? Well, I hope a lot of things. I'm kind of using the next couple of months to play and travel and explore a little bit. And and then next year, I'll be offering more retreats and coming out with some products, which I'm super excited about, more guided meditations, um, Are they digital project products? It'll be digital products, but also like things Physical. that you can hold yeah. and use in your life. Awesome. I'm not going to reveal too much yeah. now. Uh, stay tuned for more podcast episode number two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just trying to like live my best life, you know. <laughs> I feel like you are. <laughs> so, what is your website? What's your social handle for those that don't follow you? My website is mickeyash.com, which is M-I-K-I-A-S-H. You can find my blog through there, which is lovemickeyash.com. Instagram, at mickeyash. I have some guided meditations on YouTube. Um, I would love for you to check them out and let me know what you think. And yeah, Facebook and Twitter if you really want, but I never really do anything there. But it's there if you want to be supportive. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much, Mickey. I'm so happy we got to have this conversation. Um, (laughs) 